0: Welcome to Reality of the Rose with your host, Natalie Sprink. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Reality of the Rose with me, your host, Natalie Sprink. I am on episode five, as I guess we all are, of Michelle's season. And I was very, very disappointed to hear that this past, not obviously not tonight's show, literally just got done watching it, but last week's show was uh, like literally the worst ratings that any Bachelor show has gotten ever. Wait, minus the Listen to Your Heart series, um, which I did watch, but it was the lowest of ever, like ever. So, you know, when they do these Nielsen ratings, they're really, t- they're obviously they're not, they're not comparing them um, up against cable shows. This is just major network TV. So it's the four major networks. And always and forever, honestly, the vast majority of the time, unless it's going up against like a World Series or a Super Bowl, which that would never happen because that's on a Sunday. But any kind of odd, like unique event like that, the bachelor or the bachelorette or bachelor in paradise nearly always almost always wow did that make sense but you know what i mean um comes in first even if the ratings are low which as you know in this day and age the network network tv is just like starting to become a thing of the past because we have obviously all the like cable satellite stations and not to mention streaming services all over the place. So network TV is losing its luster quickly anyway. Nevertheless, it's where the rating system comes from. So we're talking about CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, right? And still with those four, the bachelor has always come in first. Now they may get terrible ratings. Cause I don't know how many people are really watching network TV anymore. However, it still would come in first place amongst those four. And Again, it's a rare occasion that it does not. Maybe occasionally second if there's a World Series. Last week, The Bachelorette came in last. Like, what were the shows that beat that La Brea show? I think that's on NBC. That beat it. Um, God, there was some random show on Fox. Like, I don't know, FBI again? I don't know if that's on Fox. But all... Three other networks beat The Bachelorette last week, and it disappoints me so much because I, you know, I get it. I kind of get it because, man, it's been overload. I mean, you have to be deep in the pit with The Bachelor franchise to really get into watching every single season. I mean, you may as well have a podcast or something. It's pathetic. But... Seriously, like I think that there's obviously there's not too many of us that are still enthralled by this show and it being back to back to back to back. I don't mind it. But yet even me can sympathize because there's literally not been a break. There's not been a break, but for a week here and there. And it's not the end of it, because as soon as Michelle season's over, we'll get a couple breaks, a couple weeks break. And then Clayton season will start. And then apparently right after that, they're going to do the next bachelor. And then apparently right after that's going to be bachelor in paradise. And then apparently right after that's going to be another bachelorette. So there are some that are theorizing that the producers are trying to shove it all in, get as much advertising dollars as they can. And until they just have to move the show to a streaming service, I don't think the bachelor is probably ever going away I, I don't think it'll end. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it'll, like I said, move to a streaming service, even if it's not a network TV, but they're definitely doing a good job of burning people out, which is obvious by the ratings. So it disappoints me though, because specifically because of Michelle, this girl is, I mean, I know I keep talking about how much I love her as a bachelorette, but what disappoints me the most is that I truly think she could go down as one of the best bachelorettes ever just because of all her dynamic qualities and because she's just so confident. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but she is like legit. Um, She doesn't take any shit. She is so poised and her calmness in talking to the guys, handling conflict, handling anything is just beyond for me. Like I want to be like that when I grow up, I just am so impressed by the way she handles any and all situation. Um, and God, is she gorgeous tonight. I just kept one outfit after another. I was just blown away. She's got legs for days, a body that doesn't quit. Her her wardrobe, I don't know if this is her or if the stylist has stepped it up like 85 notches, but like especially her cocktail dresses, they are just, she is hot. Seriously. Um, and just even her casual outfits, I just all around, she is so good. I absolutely love her. So her makeup is good. Like it's all good. And everyone's missing out on it because everyone's burned out and they don't even know what they're missing out on. The people that aren't watching it that usually do because, they're just tired of it. Plus this time of year, I just feel like this is a bad time of year. You know, I mean, we just got off the world series. Now it's the holidays. I feel like people aren't worrying about like watching TV. They're watching freaking Hallmark Christmas, like, um, movies and they're Christmas shopping and they're doing all kinds of other things. And I, anyway, I just am very disappointed that Michelle's missing out on all this. Um, really, really, really wish that her season and Katie's could have could got flip-flopped so that Katie got these bad ratings. I just, it's just not in her. I've just never been in life. Anyway, you know that. So anyway, just wanted to cover that a little bit and talk about just how it's gotten worse. Like the ratings have not been good at all this season, but last week was like the worst. So I guess time will tell, but, um, yeah, that's disappointing. The other thing that just cracks me up is that I keep waiting for them to do something with poor Clayton. Clayton is our next bachelor. And we still, this is episode, What is this? This is episode five, right? Yeah, this is episode five. And we don't know any more about this guy than we did on episode one and when he walked out of the limo. I mean, I know he's from Missouri and I know he went to Mizzou and I know he played football. I guess we all know that, but that's literally about all we know about him. And I keep waiting, waiting, waiting for his, I mean, he's getting a good edit in the respect that he's not getting a villain edit, but there, I mean, there's almost all the guy, almost all the guys left have gotten way more airtime than Clayton has And besides just him seeming like a generally nice guy, well, (laughs) this this next season isn't going to get very good ratings because everyone's going to be like, who the hell is this guy? Like, where the hell did he come from? Um, On the previews, we do see that he finally gets a one-on-one and I have heard a spoiler. This isn't really a spoiler because they actually showed the preview, but Apparently he has interaction with, I'm getting a guess it's her fifth grade class or it's some kids I know. And he like the kids really like him and he, and he does well with kids. <laughs> so, so that's going to be another good edit. I'm not sure if he's going to have any big PTC to share. I have a feeling not really Um, we did learn tonight that he had, his parents had a good marriage. So I don't think there's any PTC there. Um, he didn't break his pinky toe, which we'll talk more about later (laughs) with Joe. Uh, I don't, that's not going to be PTC of his. Thank you, Julie. Um, we, he's just not, uh, he's, he's fine. He's a nice looking guy, but there's nothing earth shattering about the guy yet um, so they've got a lot of catching up to do with him. Um, I, it's just so odd to me. I just And the other thing that I don't get is that you would think <clears throat> that because ABC has still not announced it. I mean, it's general knowledge. It's a fact. We know for sure, 100% for sure, he is the next Bachelor because they're filming. and But you would think that ABC would capitalize on this. Especially because the ratings are so bad, because if nothing else, maybe there would be a small segment of people that would be like, I mean, I feel like everyone knows anyway, but it just seems like by ABC announcing it and making it totally official and like putting some ads out there for it in his face on their social media, it feels like there'd at least be a little segment of people that would tune in to go, Oh, he's going to be, Oh, he's going to be the next bachelor. Oh, okay. They already know, gosh, I'm going to tune in to see what kind of guy he is like that totally makes sense in my head. So why aren't they at least capitalizing on that since they're getting, I mean, like even do that now, like after they see that the ratings are bad, go shit, maybe tomorrow we better announce that he's the bachelor. So maybe we can get some people watching. It's like, do it, just do it. What is happening I don't know. They're getting lazy. Something's going on. So that's the other thing that's just so freaking odd to me. Um, okay. So now that we are uh, 10 minutes in, let's go ahead and start recapping tonight's episode. So we start off. We're in Minneapolis, which is not far from me actually. And I was just in Minneapolis for Caitlin's show two weeks ago. Uh. Which speaking of them, what the hell? Like, okay, two things. Sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. I, I, sad to say, I didn't even notice that Caitlyn and Taysha were not on at all, and I didn't miss them. Like, I didn't think they never had Michelle talking to them. They t- talking to her. They never had them presenting a date. There was they were not on. They were not on at all, and I didn't notice. I did not notice until the very end, like literally the end when Caitlin and Tasha came out to say, this is the final rose. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh. I think that's so fucking funny. Like what's the point of even having them come out then they should have just had Michelle announce that herself because it seems so token and it seems so random. Like they literally could have had Polly, the like the, like the, that like the handler come out and do it because I they weren't on at all. Isn't that weird? I just feel like this, I don't know. I just feel like the editing on this whole, there's another part in editing that was earlier that I, I mean, that was coming up that I want to mention too, but I just feel like the editing is so off and like odd and not, it doesn't make sense really. Like you would think you've got these two big names I know they've not played a big role. I've talked about that a lot, but you would think that they'd interject them at least here or there, but they don't do anything like they were not on. All they did was say, um, Michelle, this is the final rose or whatever the hell they say. And then for the ones that didn't make it, tell them to take a moment and say their goodbyes. That was literally it. They were on for probably a total of six seconds. So, I, could, I thought that was so, but sadly, like I say, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that they were not on until they were on. So weird. Okay. So we're in Minneapolis. And again, she's so freaking pretty. When she's walking around the city, she's got this really cute, like raw, like, like rust-colored romper on and just oh, she's so pretty. Um, so she goes and we see her at home with her parents, and to in an ITM she reiterates how she like wants her love to be just like her parents and how they set such a good example for her. So we hear this again. Um, she tells her parents that there is 11 guys left and um, calls them grown and mature. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I mean, a lot of them probably are, but are you talking about Chris S too, or are you leaving him out of that? Um, also, they kind of acted like a bunch of dumbass idiots during that, <laughs> that, um, like, what do you call it slumber party party? Like they acted like children, I feel like, on that episode. but okay, they're grown immature. Um so while she's talking with her parents, they're like keep cutting back and forth to like the guys all walking through the city. And of course, they have the token little um scene where they are like overlooking the city, and they like say, "I don't whatever." Mish, we love you, Michelle, or not, we love you, because that would be love, lovely, love, level fouring already. But they're saying, Michelle, like they scream her name. I'm not sure to who, the guess the city, because you know, of course, you would do that. I mean, that's just a normal thing you do. Um, then we find out they're walking on the city because actually, that well, I thought this was going to be a group date, so they meet. Michelle kind of by this little fountain thing and she greets them. No huju, still no huju. I don't think there's been one hooju on this whole show. If there has been, I haven't missed it. Um, no huju. Um, we hear Clayton say he feels like he's finally coming out of his shell. And I'm I wrote down, I hope, but um, you know, what shell? Because we haven't even seen the shell. Hell. Hey, that rhymed. Um But just kidding. So this isn't a group date. I was, I mean, I'm not kidding about the Clayton thing, but uh, kidding about the group date. So she announces that she announces not and Tasha. She announces that the first date on this trip to Minneapolis is going to be a one-on-one and she announces it's Joe. So if you have been living underneath a rock, you don't know that. Wait, what? Anyway, Joe's from Minnesota. And unless you've been living under a rock, you already know that. That's, I think, what I meant to say. Um, So he gets the first one on one. And like, they can't wait. I mean, so they get in a car to go on the date. And like, they're barely in the car and they're holding hands and kissing. So, (laughs) I mean, they got some chemistry. Um, We get to segment two. And this is the part where I thought it was such odd editing. Like, I didn't get what they were. So I guess they just had to make. Make them get in the Twins stadium. I, I it was so strange. So they show they don't even like show Michelle saying to Joe, "Guess guess where we're going, or guess what we get to do, or or like hey like we get to throw out the first pitch or anything." It, they just show them walking like through the tunnel to go to the field of the Twins stadium, whatever the hell stadium that is, and. Like walk out into the field like it's something they fucking do every day. And, and to me, he wasn't even like, "Oh, wow, cool. It was just like they walked out there, like no big deal. and but then I couldn't figure out because in a couple shots, it looked like the stadium parts of the stadium were totally empty, but then they would show a couple other shots, and that looked like there was a decent amount of people like behind the like behind the dugouts, but like they had the little twins like. Um, mascot guy running around and there was other people in the field, but I don't, I don't, it was so confusing. Was this like before the game was this like actually in real life, just like this promotional event for the bachelor? Like they, like they gave a hundred people a chance to come witness the bachelorette and Joe on this one-on-one date, throw a pitch. And that's who was in the stands. What was this? because they made it seem like they were going out to throw the first pitch for a game. They totally made it seem like that, but yet the whole segment only lasted like 19 seconds. It was so weird. You would think that would be a kind of a big deal, but yet like, because they got to go into twin stadium, but yet they only made it like a 19 second segment on the whole date. So the rest of the date, the day, the day portion they spent at her old high school. So not at a twin stadium where they're like getting some recognition. It's like this big, like wow deal, like once in a lifetime thing, they spend it at her high school, like going to her locker and kissing by her locker and her showing him her trophies and like going through the yearbook. I, it was weird. I just thought it was so weird. So then of course they also play basketball in the gym for a while. And it's like this, whatever. I mean, you knew they were going to do that. Um, So then they sit on the bleachers and they talk. And at this point, you think his PTC, he starts like, um, talking about, she asks him if he's always been really reserved because he is, that's for sure. He is very reserved. Like I try to compare him with Nate who are obviously the two front runners and, um, like I love them both. Honestly. Um, I think Nate, I don't know. I don't know. I like him good. I like him for different reasons, but Joe is like, so such a different personality than Nate, or at least that we've seen, you know, that producers are infamous from that too. Like not showing Joe's funny side or not showing Nate's serious side. I, so anyway, Joe's really reserved. She points that out and he says something about how His dad was even more reserved than him and that his dad didn't show very much emotion. So he kind of learned growing up not to show emotion, blah, blah, blah. We've all heard this, that one. And that he's trying to improve that and knock down his walls and typical bachelor talk. Um, so you're thinking at this point, that was his going to be his PTC. So it's not though. Um, he's just so serious. I love him, but I just, I don't know. I like, could they have fun together? Probably playing basketball but again, maybe they do. And they're just not showing that side of, uh, of him to us. Um, they cut over to the guys at the hotel and the group date card comes not, not Keisha. It's just the date card comes and no one really cares about the group date. They care about who the other, the person that's not going to make it on the group date. That person will be the person to get the next one-on-one. And it is indeed Nate. Um, Of course, stemming back to the last show, Chris is all pissed off about this, whatever. So cut to commercial now at segment three, um, before the segment starts, we get a trigger warning about depression and suicidal thoughts. So, um, that, that was interesting because I'm not sure that they've ever done that before, but I feel like they have started to discuss things like this on the show I have a feeling that people that are triggered by those things have complained and they anyway. So that's fine. Um, so Michelle specifically just says, Who's Joe? Let me hear more about Joe. Okay, so this is <laughs> I'm sorry, and I don't mean to laugh. And if I'm laughing and you get mad, then blame my friend Julie because my friend Julie is a nurse and I so I watched as she texted me, I don't know, it was probably about a half an hour, 45 minutes after this part in the show. So she's from Missouri. Okay. Not that that matters, but she's watching the show also. So she texts me this and she says, um, well, first he tells a PTC a much deeper one than the one he told about his dad being like not emotional So he says that first he says, Cause I went back and listened. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like stringing you along here with what my, my friend Julie said. But, um, so he, so I had to go back and listen to this after what she told me. So he said that he broke three bones in his leg when he was in seventh grade. And that because of that break, it made his foot more susceptible to injury and that I wasn't clear whether then it was high school. I'm assuming it was high school then that he injured his foot and he injured his fifth metatarsal in his foot. Okay. I don't fucking know what a metatarsal is. I was like, Oh man, damn, that sound, that's terrible. And then he talked about how he had to have a surgery and, and that they put a pin in his, and he said fifth metatarsal like three times he did. And Julie pointed that out to me. And I went back and listened. he did. And he said, I got a pin put in my fifth metatarsal and like the doctor, I guess, screwed up. <clears throat> and so because of that screw up, it messed it up even more. And then in the next surgery, he had to put like, I think he said seven, I had to put seven pins in his fifth metatarsal, And so this really affected his playing and blah, 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 blah. And that eventually he did go back and play, but it wasn't the same. And then he progresses and I'm not going to take him away from this. Okay. He progresses to talk about how he got really depressed because he wasn't like living up to the standards and he couldn't play to the ability he knew he could because of this injury. And then it really, really got to him because he just identified with basketball. That was just like his thing, And that's what he identified with. And so it, it, it just like to get, get him really depressed and even had suicidal thoughts. And it just, and he got like super emotional. Like it seemed like genuine and authentic emotion. And I'm sure it was like, I'm sure if that's your thing and you can't do it anymore because of an injury, then I'm sure it's very emotional. The whole time Michelle was also crying, which I wish I could cry. Like she cries. Okay, cause like when I cry, it's like ugly cry, and i rubbing my eyes and my makeup's everywhere. I just, uh, I just look terrible, and I, I ugly cry. I just do. Um, my lip quivers. I get like red in my face. She like just has tears roll down her eyes, I, and she, so she can't tell she's crying. Her makeup stays beautiful. She doesn't ugly cry. She's beautiful crying, and like she's just wiping tears away. Like the tears are just coming out. and She's gently wiping them away she even fucking cries beautiful. Um, anyway, so it was like this emotional thing and he like almost is embarrassed that he's crying as well and getting emotional and she validates him. She listens to him very well, validates him, says she understands, you know, how this is very difficult for a person that has something like basketball be that important in their life. Anyway, was really, really, went really, really well. The date went well. He thanked her for, for allowing him to open up and for listening to him. And that that's not typically something he does. Of course she gives him the rose, but okay. So the, okay. So back to my friend, Julie. So she texts me and she tells me that I wonder if I should just read, I wonder if she'd be mad if I just read the text. Maybe I should make sure it's okay. So, um, She says, um, and she, she gave me this. So I had good content. So I appreciate this. She said, just for reference for your podcast tomorrow, Joe saying that breaking his fifth metatarsal changed his life and led him to depression was kind of funny to me. This is his baby pinky toe. (laughs) Sorry. She said, dang, he really likes his pinky toe. She said, I love Joe so much, but that was too funny. Maybe it's a nurse's humor. She's a nurse. Uh, it's his pinky toe. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sure if your toe is broken, it doesn't matter if it's your big toe or pinky toe. I mean, I'm sure that's the case, but like knowing that your fifth metatarsal is your pinky toe. <laughs> <just> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it just makes it kind of funny. It does. Like, because he was like so serious, you know, like, and also though, when I asked her this question, she's not answered yet. I'm like, how do you even put seven pins in your pinky toe? Like, is that a thing? How could you do that? It's that's not even big. You, can you even put one pin in? No wonder the first doctor messed up because, like, it's a pinky toe. He's probably, like, God damn it, this pin is bigger than the fucking toe. Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to minimize Joe's injury, and I absolutely am not trying to minimize the depression that came from the injury. I totally get it. But I'm sorry. It does make it a bit funny knowing that his fifth metatarsal is his pinky toe. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you, Julie, for the content. That was fun. So, yeah, just send all uh, comments that are criticizing that to Julie, please. Thank you. Um, so, we get the pinky toe thing out of the way. (laughs) And, uh, Oh God, now I've totally lost track of where I'm at. Um, okay. So he, he, he gets the rose. Okay. Injures the pinky toe, but at least he gets the rose. So, um, then they show him kissing and then they show him, you know, both of them are like ITMing about how amazing, how amazing this date is. And, you know, they're both like, it's just great, but which I know it was, it was a great date and you could totally tell the chemistry, but, but I noticed in the ITMs, it made me think of something that I wanted to share with you guys as well, um, about this whole ITM thing that happens. Okay. It's stuff like this. is not probably as big a deal because, um, like, you know, I mean, the date was good and they were just saying that out loud. But I listened to and I've talked about this podcast as well before, too. It's called Dear Shandy. And it's with Charlene Joint, who was on RE season. And she and her current husband now have a, a podcast called Dear Shandy, where they t- do not only do bachelor recaps, but they also do um, like other topics as well. But anyway, I love their recaps together. Her husband is so funny. There's a cutest couple. But aside from that, she was on the show. And she's the opera singer. If you watch that season, you remember that. Um, she uh was telling some, she and she does this quite often. Like gives perspective from a contestant's point of view and like what's kind of happening behind the scenes. She's obviously not under contract anymore, so she's not really scared to talk about that. But she said that okay. So for instance, last and and this is in what she referenced it to. So last week when Michelle had the one-on-one with Martin and after the one-on-one and she gave him the rose and after the dinner, they went up and they um, looked at the stars through this like big, huge, I know it's not called a telescope, but this telescope thing, (laughs) whatever. And they show Michelle ITMing that now every time that she looks at the sky, at the stars, she's going to think of Martin. And they were kind of joking about her husband was like, actually, like, are you really going to think of Martin every time you look at the stars? And she said, I want to clarify something with this. She said in an ITM. So this is an ITM is an in the moment interview. And that's what ITM stands for. And what they do is they or, you know, obviously they're taking the contestants or the lead aside and it's a producer or multiple producers, whoever, cameraman, and they're asking them questions to which they answer, to which they give a specific answer and to which they air about certain things. So from these ITMs, not only can they get the exact answer they want about a certain thing that they want, but they also can very much use all of these ITMs and clips of of these ITMs to Frankenbite over anything. Like when you're just here Sorry, I got cut off. Um so when you're just hearing like like phrases that aren't like when you're just watching the show and you don't see the words actually coming out of someone's mouth like you're just watching like someone do something or you're you're looking at the other person that that they're whoever their are frank and budding is talking to and you just hear them say a phrase this phrase could absolutely not be coming out of their mouth at the moment at all it could be taken from an itm that was recorded like th- three weeks ago and they're like oh this could help this edit a little bit so they will stick that into anywhere they want to they'll stick the audio into the show of that person talking and what they're talking about could have absolutely nothing to do with the current conversation. So this is done very, it's very well known and tons of bachelor people talk about it. So it's not like this speculation. It's, it is actually done. So anyway, um, I listened to, I can't remember if I said this already. I listened to, uh, sorry. (laughs) So anyway, dear Sandy. Okay. So Charlene was talking about how the rules for ITMs are okay because she's on the show she knows obviously and um so last week whenever um Michelle and Martin had their one-on-one after their one-on-one she he got the rose and they went up onto this telescope thing whatever is this big whatever you call in a big huge telescope and they looked up at the stars right and uh Michelle made a a uh, comment that from now on, every time she looks up at the stars, she will think of Martin and Charlene's husband, you know, was like, what? So like, that's such a random thing today to, to say. So Charlene explained that the rule of an ITM is this, when you go to an ITM, you go into a separate room and you're with a producer or producers and obviously the camera crew, and they ask you questions. You typically don't just go in there to vent. They're asking you questions. And when you answer a question from a producer in an ITM, you are required to answer in the present tense and in a full sentence. Okay. So for instance, in that situation, Michelle was in a room with a producer and the producer asks this question, Michelle, after tonight and this one-on-one with Martin and you guys looking at the stars, who do you think you're going to think of from now on when you look up at the stars so because she's just not going to go, Oh, Martin, cause that's not allowed. You have to answer in the present tense and in a full sentence. So they ask her that question. Michelle's response is from now on, when I look up into the sky and look at the stars, I will think of Martin. So what she was doing was answering the question. She was not just saying that statement randomly. Like she would actually say that it was an answer to a question. So, Anyway, this is very, very common. I felt like I noticed it a, a lot tonight, even with Chris S that, I mean, he seems like a douchebag and I do think he just wanted airtime. And I definitely think he was like, like a pawn for the producers that, that, you know, for him to just cause a little bit more drama on the show. Cause there's no more villains left. Um, but definitely think so many things of the things, so many of the things he said were, um, like them asking him leading questions. Okay. Whatever. I, so so, just so many interesting behind this. If you pay attention to this, pay attention to this because it really happens a lot during a show. If you really pay attention to it and maybe you don't give a shit, but I kind of think it makes watching the show a little bit more interesting because you know, this kind of stuff happens. I mean, the producers truly, truly, truly want to edit people how they want. I, I, sorry, I just have to share this as well. I heard, uh, this was on another podcast, and I forget which one it was, but um, there was another former contestant on it. And she, oh I wish I could think who it was. but anyway, she heard that this was confirmed that on, let me think, Hannah Brown when whose season was Hannah Brown on Pete? Was she on Pete's season? I f- no, she, he was on her season. Damn it, whoever, whoever, whoever Hannah Brown's, whoever season she was on with The Bachelor, um, there was another contestant, and Hannah Brown and this other contestant, let's just call her Kelly. I have no idea who it was. I don't remember the names, but Kelly, this this is what actually happened. Okay, Kelly and um, whoever, let's <laughs> just say it was Pete. God, who is she on? Anyway whoever the bachelor was and Kelly were on a hometown date and Hannah Brown actually came to the hometown date to like interrupt the hometown date and like cause drama and cause a scene. And I don't, I mean, I don't know what, what specifically it was, but that, that happened, which you would think that that would be like a pretty big deal that they'd want to air. However, because by that time they likely knew Hannah Brown was a very high uh, option for bachelorette, and they liked her a lot. They chose not to air that, which seems crazy. Because if that would be so many other contestants, that would be aired in a two seconds flat. But that big of a thing happened. She interrupts a hometown date, and you did had no idea. We had no idea, as viewers, that that ever happened. So anyway, it is so, so interesting who they want to villainize, who they don't, how they pick their favorites. I've also heard that I like Becca Kufrin. and I do a lot. I don't particularly like her. I don't like how company man she is. And I don't like, I don't like her as an interviewer on a podcast. I rather see her as a being interviewed. I think she's much more entertaining, entertaining being interviewed than being a host. I don't know something in her style that she hosts, but either way, I like her fine. But um, apparently on the season she was on, and I'm not sure whether it was her lead season or when she was on Ari's season, but apparently she said a lot of, of things that could have been aired. And she had a lot of, um or several, I shouldn't say a lot, but several confrontations with other contestants and things that could have made her villainy-ish. Had they wanted to do that. But they didn't want to. So she didn't. And now she's like the poster child for Bachelor Nation. Anyway. So interesting to me. I wish I could share all it. Um, wow. I totally forgot where I am. So we're at Joe getting the... Wow. I got a long way to go here. Okay. We're at Joe getting the rose. So he gets the rose. Go to the... Go to break. Come back. We are on a group date. <clears throat> the group date is at the... Minnesota Viking football team stadium. Don't know what the stadium is called, but that's where it is. And they show Clayton, like, like, you know, he played football. So he's like, Oh yeah, I should do well on this date. You know, um, again, just getting tiny bits of airtime, making sure we remember who Clayton is. Um, that you know, this, they do such weird stuff that like, come on. So they have them like, like literally the, the stadium's empty totally empty. Michelle's standing in the middle of the field and they come running down the steps of like the bleachers or whatever the stands. And they're like, where is she? Where is she? Where's Michelle? She's in the middle of the fucking field. You can't see her. I, why do they have to do that? That's so annoying. So they run and they run. I mean, they're freaking sprinting to to her, like full on sprinting to her chill out. God. So annoying. Um, so she asked if they want to meet the Vikings. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Well, it's not, of course the football team. It is like little Viking warriors dressed up as Viking warriors from the olden days, whatever on the ships or whatever they did. Um, I don't know. Dates like this make me cringe so bad because these three Viking warriors that are dressed up like Vikings are these like older like really big, heavy men and it's like they're performing in a play and I don't know if if this is supposed to just be supposed to be cringy or if they think as an audience we're like, oh those guys are so funny. oh, they're hilarious. I'm not thinking that. I'm pretty sure most people are not because they were like saying these lines like, oh, I could squash you with my finger. the Vikings were saying this and real like, just corny, cringy, just, ugh. I don't like when they do dates like this because I feel like the guys are like thinking the same thing, but they know they're on TV. So they have to act like this is funny and like real Michelle too. I felt like she felt super awkward during this. I feel like she was like rolling her eyes going. I cannot believe I'm standing here doing this. Um, whatever they do this. And so I guess part of like this contest to be the ultimate Viking, I guess that's what this is. It wasn't really official and I don't know what you get for that, but so the first thing is that they have to all step out and like yell really loud. I, okay. So they come out yelling, whatever, either actually a phrase or they just yell. I, yeah. So then they take turns throwing this like chunk of a log and Yeah, we see who throws it the furthest. It's riveting. And then, and then, um, they really show the guys, like, trying to make up for, like, the, um, the, whatchamacallit, the, um, (laughs) the slumber party where they all ignored her. So they can tell they're totally going over the top to, um like make up for that cuz like after after every single thing they do they go up and they kiss and they hug her and they pay attention to her and they're like almost like the opposite. Um so then randomly sort of Olu ITMs about not being able to wipe the smirk off Chris's Chris S's face. Um that kind of just like are like not letting us forget that Chris S was like the villain now. Um and I really like Olu but he seems like he's like the guy who likes to just like pick out the people he doesn't like anymore. You know what I mean? Like he's never just happy. He can't just like, just like be in the moment and not be pissed off at somebody. So anyway, he like makes this comment. Um, then they all run to the locker room. And of course, what do we do? We, we change into Viking attire ourselves. Of course they do. So, um, and oddly enough, but not oddly enough, because this is the bachelor producers. They actually make cra- uh, Chris dress in a horse's ass. So that's fun. I, it's fine with me because he is kind of a horse's ass and definitely they have, you know, made me believe that, um, they come out and now the guys have to eat like some disgusting shit. They have to first eat some fermented hair herring, and then some Viking head hash, whatever the fuck that is. They say it's cow brains, tongue and cheek. Oh, get it? Tongue and cheek, but actually tongue and cheek. Um, <clears throat> I so whatever. They have to eat that and they show him doing that. Um, then we have arm wrestling and we show uh of course Olu it goes against Chris and he beats him really easy and then screams really loud. Um they showed someone else, I don't know who it was, and then Clayton is up against Martin and Clayton, of course, wins. Then he also screams really loud. Um guys keep interacting with Michelle a lot. And then Clayton is pronounced the ultimate Viking and he yells again, really loud. I, I don't know the point of this date. I, I, I I guess I got to walk onto the turf at the Viking stadium, but I, what is, he should have like gotten something special Clayton for being, the. I mean, he is going to be the bachelor everyone, but I, he just got this helmet and he got to yell. So that's what he gets. So the next segment, um, is the nighttime portion of the date. Again, Michelle is freaking stunning in this green dress. Oh my God. she's so pretty. Um, so they show finally or not finally, but they show Clayton and Michelle's one-on-one time. And, um, you know, they try to show, I think as much as they can without just like going overboard with it, but he like compliments on her confidence. And he asked her about her experience on the bachelor. And if that helped her make her confident and, um, you know, he, itms about their chemistry and, I don't know. It was just okay. Again, there was nothing stand out about this. Nothing that made me go, Oh, I see now why they made in the bachelor. I just more airtime is all it was. Um, Brandon interrupts. And again, these guys are such good friends now. Again, I don't say, I don't know why I said again, because I don't think I said this yet there except for Chris S. Now. I feel like these guys are such good friends that none of them are going to get mad at each other anymore. I, I I don't think, um, because like, there was a bunch of interrupting going on tonight and nobody got mad at all. It was just so like in good nature, but then they show Brandon and her and they definitely, he's definitely head over heels. At least he, you know, that's what we see. Um, you know, I don't think he might make it into the top four, but I don't know. They, they kiss a lot. They seem to have like sexual chemistry, but I don't, I don't think she's, I don't know. Obviously she's not going to pick him. Um, Chris acts like, so they keep like showing clips of Chris talking to other guys. And he says something like, you know, he's like pissed off. Cause he said he gave her all this quote unquote, good information. And, um, And she, you know, like basically she just didn't take him at his word or she still does did whatever she wanted to. And she thought that that giving that good information to him, (sighs) he thought that giving that good information to her would have put him over the top for the next (laughs) one-on-one. Like, what world do you live in? Um, But because Nate got it. So he's pissed off. uh, He thought he should have got it after... After he tattled on everybody. I mean, why wouldn't that make get you a one-on-one? God, he really gets the game. Good job, Chris. Um, then we show Nate actually getting his one-on-one card. Here, I loved the interaction because obviously Joe got the last one on one. So he was the one to get like get the gift card and get gift card, (laughs) the take card and give it to Nate. And I just thought that their interaction here was really like, again, it kind of showed just how the guys, I mean, they're spending so much time together and this is talked about a lot too amongst past contestants about how you just really, really, really I mean, you're with these people 24 seven and just a few moments here and there with Michelle. So they get pretty close. And so if you are good friends, you're pretty good friends, but I just thought their interaction together was kind of cute. Cause I love both of them and they're going to be the top two. So, um, I, that's not a spoiler. That's just what I'm saying. So then Chris, they show Chris talking to Martin about him being pissed about Nate getting the one-on-one. I, I mean, I'm just like, are you for real? I. Th- this is where I just think that like, no one was going to, is going to be this way. I just don't feel like this is a real person. This is so pushed by producers. I just know in the background that they're going, I, if I were you, I'd be kind of pissed. I mean, you, you really, you know, gave Michelle some good info. They're just, I don't know. So, okay. Um, I mean, he just keeps crying. Oh, okay. So this is the date and, and they show, they keep showing how the guys like keep interrupting the current guy. And it's not in a rude way, but they're just like, Hey, can I have a few minutes now? And literally they show almost every guy interrupting the guy in front of him to get time with Michelle. But all they keep showing then is, is Chris like pouting and talking about how she's not giving him any of the hit the time any time at all and how he really wants to talk to her. And he's like, just getting super crabby pissy about how she's not giving him time. And he really, you know, he just, he can't believe it. So then they show her coming like back and like, it's time to give the Rose out. So she sits down, he's not there. And she's like, is someone missing? And he comes, he's like over who knows where the fuck he is. So he comes over, sits down and she's like, okay, so I'm going to end the night now and give the rose away. And they pan to him. And again, you don't know that this was actually a reaction to her saying that, but whatever he mouths the word. Wow. Like, wow. wow," Like I'm really not going to get any time with her. Like that kind of like sarcastic. Wow. And, um, she gives a rose to Clayton basically not basically she's, she does. Um, but like the, like that, That even was like the, the background, the fact that Clayton got the rose, because what they were focusing on here is like, Chris, like so pissed because he didn't get time with her at all on this date. And he, he mouths the word, wow, like at least three times. Um, and then he complained like in his ITM about her not checking on him. And so like, what I think that they say is to him is, Hey, Chris, why, why do you think that? Why do you seem upset? What do you think Michelle didn't do? And he'll go, I didn't think Michelle checked on me when she should have. You know what I mean? (sighs) Whatever. Um, I just think he was really a pawn for the producers and he really wanted some airtime. He knew good and well that he was not, she was not picking him. So this was just a way for him to get a little bit more airtime. Uh, not sure it got him many more Instagram followers because I'm definitely not going to follow him. He annoyed the shit out of me, but okay. So then we cut to commercial segment six. It's Nate's one-on-one. so wow sorry uh also I back up I want to back up until when I was in the middle of explaining the whole ITM thing and it cut me off um I, I have to explain that that this uh <sighs> I can't think of words uh this platform that I'm recording on it allows you to record in 30 second interview intervals. Okay. I, I haven't figured out how to get beyond that yet. I don't even know if I can, but it, you can't just record and stop when you want. It's 30 minute intervals. So I have to be careful about catching myself at 30 minutes. Well, I got so caught up in talking about the ITMs that it hit 30 minutes and it stopped recording. And so I had to go back and I didn't, if you know me, my memory is so, so, so bad, like so bad. And so I, so I, instead of going back and listening to like the last five minutes, what I talked about, just cause I'm too lazy to do that. I just started up where I thought I ended. I just listened to like the last 15 seconds. So I can't remember if I talked about like the Dear Shandy, um, podcast podcast. In that first segment or not, or if I I was just rambling on about it after the 30 minutes quit and like, so forgive me. First of all, that's how come it cut out. Second of all, if I like either repeat myself or it seems like there's information missing, that's why I was too lazy to go back and I'm too lazy to edit it because after this is over, I and it's late and I have to go to bed and tomorrow I'll go to my full-time job. So <laughs> I don't think any of you care if it sounds a little like not perfect, because I am not perfect. So my podcast is not perfect. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to explain that. Um, I try not to let that happen. I try to be aware, but I got so caught up in that that I just completely my 30 minutes just expired. So anyway, we're on a one. Michelle drives up in a pontoon, they're on a lake, land of 10,000 lakes, Minnesota is um, they show two of her best friends, uh, joining them. They, they take a little ride around the lake and then they pick up her two best friends. Well, this is again, very, 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 very rigged. Um, because her friends, like they all sit in the boat and her friends decide like, um, they're going to ask, they're going to drill Nate, you know, about him and, and, you know, how he's going to treat Michelle. Well, the friends ask about the other guys. And if, if there's any of the other guys that are here for the wrong reasons. And I'm like, I feel like that is such a weird question to ask. Like why of all questions, if you're her best friend, wouldn't you just ask about him? I don't know. Maybe it's not that weird. I just felt like it was so weird because obviously Chris and Nate are having this like um, conflict. So I I could tell that that's what they were trying to bring up. So you could tell that they said, okay, ask these questions. And then they specifically said, Oh, is there anyone in the house that you like have a problem with or anything or issues with? Okay. Well, (laughs) if that was Joe, they would not have asked that question. They would not have asked those same questions with Joe. They would have been like, Hey Joe, what part of Minnesota are you from? you know, anyway, but they did. And of course, and Chris actually, not Chris, Nate actually I, I'm that's what I like about him. He kind of just upfront and he doesn't really try to hide shit. He just hide shit. He just tries. He just says it. So he tells them about Chris um, and how Chris kind of called him out on the, at the last row ceremony. And then the other friend is like, well, but like, was there anything that you could have said that, that Chris could have misconstrued it and told Michelle that because of <laughs> it's a leading question Okay, so whatever. Nate takes the bait just like he should. Setting him up to make him look really good here. That's why part of me thinks that if Nate... Oh, never mind. Um if Nate doesn't win that he could be the next bachelor, even though they've been rumored Blake Moynes, please no. So anyway there. So he's like, well, he, and he did, he said, well, I did say that I was confident that I was going to get on one-on-one and that it was just a matter of when he said, but I only say that because I just feel this very, very strong connection with Michelle. And I, I am just confident in our relationship, which is actually so true. Like what, there's nothing wrong with what he said. He wasn't like being malicious in the way he said it. It was just a fact. And Chris is just jealous. So, so then they were satisfied and then they were like, it was so weird. It was had such a vibe of being like a hometown date because like she brought her friends in, they asked, they asked the hard questions. Um, then afterwards, one of the friends in the ITM, t- he, she totally gave Nate a glow up, like glow up, meaning like, Oh, they really seem to have a chemistry and I didn't know if I'd like him, but I really, really liked him, you know, and made him be all glowy. And, um, so it, but it was so weird because it totally felt like a hometown date, which it really kind of was, I guess. Um, definitely, um, like to them, does it make it a secret that he really, really likes her? um so that went well uh chris then they show chris talking to martin again about his warnings to michelle about nate and how he keeps us just like bit, bitching and moaning about it we cut to segment 7 It's a nighttime portion of nate's date and um she tells him instead of him sharing a PTC he she was telling him about this really bad experience she had um with a boyfriend of three years and that towards the end of the relationship she got really really sick and she was like losing all this weight and they couldn't figure out she couldn't keep any food down and they kept trying to figure out what was wrong with her and like no one acted like they cared including her boyfriend and finally finally they um determined that it was because of her toxic relationship that she was suffering from this massive anxiety. And that's why she couldn't hold anything down. And, Anyway, um, she spent a lot of time talking about that and got emotional and teary-eyed and things about that. And I thought Nate listened very well. I thought he was very empathetic. I thought he seemed very interested. I was a little bit questionable last week about his reaction to her when she was saying she was not, she didn't feel seen. I felt like he didn't have enough of an apology. Like I, he didn't feel, he just felt like he was like, oh, sorry, you know? Like I felt like he should have gone a little bit more, Aggressively into making her feel seen. I don't, I I've I got a weird vibe off of that, but I do. Th- I think he redeemed himself on this one-on-one date. Um, I I mean, he just really seemed like he was into her, and um, definitely still. I, I do think he's a little more cocky than Joe. Joe seems super super humble, but I it's not in a. It's like in an innocent way almost. I mean, it cracks me up even like it's even like name calls in a nice way, like calling Chris a dweeb and weird (laughs) last week, which is so accurate. And then he calls him weird again tonight. But, um, so anyway, Nate, they have this really good conversation, but then they show Chris, which again, this is come on. So Tyler, I have to say Tyler. Okay. So I am jumping from one thing to another. So, um, I'm at a good point right now. I'm going to explain to you how this works. So I just checked my timer and I'm almost at another 30 minutes. Sorry. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and stop now and then start another recording up so that I don't get cut off again at 30 minutes and waste everything I, um, was talking about. And I'm not definitely not going to point this out every time I do this because that's not very good. Um, podcast etiquette whatsoever. (laughs) I'm not supposed to be telling you what my editing is. But um but that's uh yeah that's what I'm gonna do see in a second. Okay, here we go again. So anyway, so we're done with the like the nice um conversation between them. So then we you know then we see Chris and he is like determined that he needs to talk to her before like the uh like 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 stop saying that um before the cocktail hour and rose ceremony. But so obviously, obviously you would pick to interrupt the one-on-one date with Nate. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Right. So it's funny as a side note, Tyler has come into the room, my son, sorry, at this point and just sat down for a few minutes and was watching a little bit of, of it with me. And, you know, it doesn't take a brain search. <laughs> to figure these storylines. So, um, they, they show, cause on the show they're showing Chris like marching from the hotel, like across the, down the street, across the street, goes into another building, goes up the escalators. And Tyler says, how does he know where he's going? I mean, bingo, right? Like how does he know where he's going? How does he know where Nate's date is with her, Michelle? I mean, it's, I guess. I mean, obviously, he's got has to have the producers' help with this, but but you know, it's just superficially watching it. You're supposed to just go think like, oh yeah, he's just gonna go march. I mean, this could be anywhere. This is downtown Minneapolis. He how does he have any idea? But they make it seem like he's just doing this all on his own, totally set up by the producers, like one thousand percent. Whatever. So yeah, so good observation, Tyler. Um, how does he know where to go? But he does, and he goes right up literally walks up doesn't even go hi sorry to interrupt like or hey or, like doesn't even give them a, a chance to um like say anything it goes to commercial they come back right where they ended but he didn't hesitate he just like literally walks up still practically walking and says i need to talk to you for a minute <laughs> okay okay uh excuse me so again like i feel like actually in real life even it seems like they were a little bit thrown. Whether they're given a heads up or not, I don't know, but both Nate and Michelle look very like surprised. And I don't think Michelle at first knows quite how to handle it. So, she <laughs> Nate like says something like, "Oh my god, this is so weird." That's what he says, "This is so weird." I like that has such a perfect explanation. This is so weird. It's very weird, Nate. I 100% agree. So she does, of course, she like says, okay, I'm so like, she apologized to tonight and said, I'll be right back. You know, we'll see what this is about. So they go away on wherever away from Nate. And he, he like tells her how he was disappointed that he didn't get a chance to speak with her last night at the group date thing. And he said like, he felt like he got played last week before the rose ceremony. And she's like, Uh, got played and she was like, yeah, he, he said, I feel like everything I said to you just got, just fell on deaf ears. And he said, I warned you. And I just don't want you to make the wrong decision. And you still gave Nate the one-on-one. I mean, like, does he think this is going to get him somewhere? Do you, does he actually think he doesn't, there's no way, but does he actually think that Michelle's like going to go, God, you're right. That makes so much sense, Chris. Like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <clears throat> um, so then Michelle speaks up as she always so artic- articulates her, her, her words so well. So she lets him speak. And then she said, well, you know, you spoke for me at the rose ceremony. And she said, I appreciate you looking out for me, but I can speak for myself. Totally seems like like you can just hear Michelle saying this because it's exactly the epitome of the kind of thing that she stands for. And, um, she said, I want a man that's going to support me when I speak. And that doesn't speak for me. And she talks about, especially being a woman of color, that this is very often done. People speak for her and she does not want a man that's going to speak for her, but that will support her when she speaks. And basically (laughs) she just then says, I look, I, we're not on the same page. I don't see this progressing. I'm going to need to walk you out. And he was just like, the whole time was just (laughs) such a, Blasé non-affected expression. Like, like there was no real feelings here. There was no, he didn't actually think he was gonna accomplish something on this confrontation. There's just no way. Anyway, I'm not gonna waste any more time on it. But she walks him out, goes back to um, goes back to Nate, apologizes to him. And tells him she sent Chris home. He says, look, I don't, you don't even need to tell me about the conversation. I don't need to know. I just, I trust you know what you want to do. And that's fine. I don't even need to know anything you talked about, which I respect. And then of course she gives him the rose. He gets fireworks. That's a very good sign. And she actually love level three is here and says, she feels like she's starting to fall for Nate. So we cut to segment nine We're now at the cocktail hour before the rose ceremony. There's no villains left that I can tell. So I feel like we're good. Um, But holy crap, her dress at this rose ceremony. My God. Wow. I just look at her for days. I mean, this dress, the color was stunning. The way it fit her. Wow. Wow. go look if you if you didn't watch like go check out her rose ceremony dress episode five amazing um she has a little date with rick where they're walking on the sidewalks uh, sidewalks outside and she has him uh try to do a runway walk she's like let me see you do a runway walk yeah he doesn't do he doesn't do good at all um she asked him if he'd consider moving he said yes uh then they kiss and there's a guy playing a piano by a wall outside I was very confused by this. I almost look like a homeless guy, but I don't feel like homeless guys have pianos with them. Ah, that is weird. Um, so then we get Rodney and he, itms again about never being the tallest, the most handsome or the smartest guy in the room. And he hits some time with her and she, he's so sweet. I love Rodney. I don't want him to win because, but he is the, the sweetest. Oh, he's just the sweetest man. I just love him. I just want to squeeze his cheeks. So he feels like he felt like it was like the best time that they had together so far, which is so cute. um, then Martin has some one-on-one time where she gets sort of annoyed with him. He starts talking about, I don't know, somehow they got in the subject of he doesn't like women that are high maintenance. And she asks what he considers to be a girl with high maintenance. And he does say um, like when a girl expects a-, a man to do everything for her. And they said, girls like that are really like that bad in Miami. And she's has this very like, like offended look on her face. And she's like, you didn't answer my question though. And she goes, oh, he said, what question? And she said, I said, what do you think makes a woman high maintenance? Which he did answer. And he said, well, I I mean, I just think it's like whenever a girl wants a guy to do everything for him. And she seems offended by this. And I, and I, I think I get why. I mean, I like, I think she, I don't know if I'm not sure if I know why I, I, I felt like this, I don't exactly know. Like, I'm wondering if she actually did get annoyed by this. He does talk about it later with the guys because she's like, well, what about the other way around? What if the guy wants the girl to do everything for him? And so she's questioning that whole line of conversation. Um, I don't know. It seemed very triggering to her. And I mean, I, I kind of guess like she felt maybe like he was like classifying women of a certain type and she didn't like that. I don't know. I, I kind of, I didn't really connect with her getting upset by this one necessarily, but whatever. I, I feel like this is our first sign that Martin may go to the top four or five, but he, he will not make it definitely to the top two. I don't even know if he'll make it to the top four anymore. Um, then we get Olu who now doesn't trust Martin because Martin was telling kind of the guys about this story, which I don't, and I don't think he, I don't think he angled it. I think he actually told them what they talked about. Um, but i uh, lose like now he doesn't trust Martin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't trust anyone. I don't think uh, Then it's a rose ceremony. Um, this is where we no, we still don't see Caitlin and Taysha. Um, the roses go to Rick, Olu, Brandon and Martin. And then Taysha and Caitlin come out. To, to announce it's the final rose. I'm like, what where the hell did you come from? I didn't think you came to Minnesota. Um, so the final rose goes to Rodney. I was so happy it goes to Rodney. So that meant that Casey and I, is it Leroy? I the whoever the other guy was that got sent home literally got no airtime. I mean, I saw him a few times, but I don't think he spoke one freaking word on this entire show. I don't even know if Leroy's his name. He's a he's a black guy with the glasses. He was an attractive guy. I know I wish he would have gotten some airtime, but like I don't know who he was. I I think it's Leroy, but I could be totally wrong. Anyway, they both go home. Then we get previews and um this is where we see Clayton gets a one-on-one, and we see all kinds of other stuff. There's some crying, there's lots of fun. There's j- like jumping into some water. She looks like they're gonna be at an ocean. So not sure where they're going for the um like the final rose ceremony engagement thing, but it's at an ocean somewhere. So that is my recap of episode five of Michelle's season. I hope that next week gets better ratings, although my guess is it's not going to because it's Thanksgiving week. So either people will be like bored and so they'll watch or they'll just be busy with Thanksgiving stuff and they won't watch. I don't know. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate it so, so much. Um, tell your friends, please give me like five star rating, please review it, please share it, subscribe, follow whatever platform you're listening to on. If you can help me out, Even just to get a handful of extra people listening to me that I know I sound so beggy for me to do this all the time, but really, really, really does help. Like I promise it helps in the whole algorithm. I don't understand the algorithm, but I know it helps. So my Bible verse, sorry, my Bible verse that I'm ending on today is Ephesians four verse two, which is always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. I hope you all have a great week. I sh- actually, next Tuesday, I may get to have a guest. I should, very well should, because Allie is coming home for Thanksgiving. And I believe, unless plans change, I'm going to pick her up on Monday evening. So she's not watched the season at all that I'm aware of yet. Um, So it might be fun to have her host with me. Um, We may very well do that. So I hope you all have a good week and we will talk to you next week. Bye.